We apologize for this brief interruption in the show. As many of you likely know, the Higher Standard Podcast is officially sponsored by Transcend Company. Transcend has been my longtime provider for both testosterone and peptide therapies, but they offer so much more. Whether you're interested in health, wellness, or longevity, it all begins with you getting your blood work done. A lab draw will help you get the numbers and establish your baseline. You can go to transcendcompany.com slash THSP. That's transcendcompany.com slash THSP. Or you can click the link in the show notes on any streaming platform and on YouTube. Fill out your information and one of the representatives will contact you to get your journey started today. Now back to the show. Your quote. Why? How I have this secured in the bank. That's useless data up there. You have useless data information too, right? Oh, yeah. all mine is economic related. I don't even have any sports shit in my head. Someone asked me a question the other day like about like some basketball rules that I probably should know, and I was like, you know, I don't even know, dude. That's a lot. It's been overwritten. That's overwritten. <laughs> Data's out of there, brother. Clean the trash can? Clean the trash can. Yeah. Now it's uh, not for trash anymore. Yeah. It's for knowledge. Yeah, and editing. Fuck, man. I don't... I knew today was going to be a fucked up day because we had to edit, you know? Like, yeah. I was like, all right, fuck. I'm going to have to rush this shit out to get it out the next day. You know, we do, we do shit on time. We make sacrifices, whatever. Right. I knew it was going to be that day. Of all fucking days for my computer to go, fuck you, man. Today was the day. Makes no sense, man. No sense. It told me I didn't have any memory left, but I did. All my stuff stored on hard drives. Like, right. I don't even use the computer's processing power for anything besides just rendering. Right. How am I the asshole? I feel like the computer just wants to take a day off. I'm like, fuck you, Apple. I know y'all need to sell no more Macs. Okay, I've been reading shit. Yeah, man. Y'all not selling enough Macs. So what did you do? Marcap took a hit. Y'all fucked my Mac. It was like over $100 billion. Yeah, I know. And guess what happens the very next day? Chris's Mac goes to shit. <laughs> Tim Cook be all up in your shit. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay, let's just turn some of these off. He's like, all right, guys. Anybody with the last name that starts with an N and an A, their shit's out. Okay, <laughs> next week is S and M. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Dershowitz can't wait till he gets here. <laughs> hey, if you know, you know. That's if all. You know, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know that whole <laughs> eight degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. No, it's like seven. Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Whatever the hell it was. Well, the uh, that game with uh, that game is scary. By the way, what? I think I actually want to say it's been revised down to six. Really? Yeah. Well, they all leave to see. Oh, look that up apparently. for me, please. Yes. <laughs> Bro, you really want to dance with the devil, don't you? No, nah, man. I'm just saying. It is all roads lead to Stephen Hawking. All, all roads lead to Stephen. All paved roads. Just not flights. <laughs> uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon or degrees, Bacon's right? Law is a parlor game. Who uses the word parlor anymore? Really? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Where players challenge each other to arbitrarily choose an actor and then connect them to one another. Oh, no. I'm not talking about this, but I'm talking about six degrees of separation. Yeah, well, that's that's well, six degrees of Kevin Bacon is the same thing. It's just with actors. Oh, but that's, that's way easier, though. Come on. Actors on actor space? Come on. It's got to be like three degrees of separation. I'm saying I can get you to Kevin Bacon in like three degrees of separation. Easy. Okay. that's That seems like a stretch. No. You can play this game. We should make. Do you want to make this a segment for the show? No, nah, I'd rather play uh, three types of bacon with a rune. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't love that game. Is that hickory? <laughs> <laughs> 
Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> well, it's pretty obvious. Rune's back in the building today. Yeah, back to back. Let's yeah. go. Welcome to the number one financial literacy podcast in the world. As always, my partner in crime, the man who uh, doesn't want to play Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. No. The one and only Saeed Omar. I'll sit next to me as my partner in time, Chris Naibi. Welcome back to the show, everybody. And the hungry man behind the ones and twos, the man. <laughs> Why do you do this? I was going to do the Bacon thing. I, could, I was like, you know what? At some point in time, I'm going to cross that line. <laughs> Where people start sending me DMs again about how I'm too hurtful to him. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna leave reviews. But they've established him already as a bad guy. They understand, right? So they kind of get it now, right? I think the the listeners know we're all bad guys. Okay. We're all the villain. That's that was the secret message behind all this. We're all the villain. Okay, well, yeah. All right. Well, villain number three, DJ Room behind the ones and twos. Hi everyone. Dude, I really wanted to go to that taco truck today down the street. I did too, man. They I, how well, the it, fuck is that legal? Well, first of all, like, who's going there? Because they're not set up now, right? When you're coming in, are they set up? Yeah, they're up to set up, yeah. Oh, okay. Is there anyone there? I yeah, mean, there's people who pull up, man. Like, first of all, it's on the other side of the street, right? Mm-hmm. Not around, like, electrical or anything. They're just fucking on the sidewalk. Yeah. Prop up a tent, selling tacos, the whole fu- I mean, that's a lot of shit to move. They're there when we leave here some nights, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, dude. Well, we usually see them packing up. Yeah. It's so confusing. It's such a random location. If you cross the freeway, there's homes and apartments there. I don't understand why over here. I, why? And they had it originally in front of other restaurants. Yeah. Dude, they, don't, they must be some bitching tacos. We got, they, they've got to be fire, we, right? We, got, we have to stop by We got to do that. I brought I just, cash tonight. Did you really? I didn't see that's the thing is I don't want to be the guy who's like, Err. y'all got Venmo? <laughs> y'all got Venmo? I'm good, I'm good for it, bro. I'll be back next you week. You know what I mean? Like, Which one of y'all can swipe? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. They got to be good tacos, right? Got to be. Yeah. So maybe we should risk the food poisoning and see how it goes down. Have to. I mean, it's being cooked, right? Come on. It's being cooked. Is so not he's not eating it. Yeah, you're not eating it. You dirty oh, fuck. He's 100 not. I'm watching both of you guys. Why? First. Why are you that guy? What do you mean? I'll try it. If you go to a foreign country, you're not gonna try street food. I've never had LA street tacos or street dogs. That answers your question. It's because you're Muslim. And you don't eat bacon. No, I mean they have normal hot dogs there, right? Normal hot dogs are pork, dick. Yeah. <laughs> Normal, really? They're not beef. They yeah. make beef ones. Like I know, but they're not. That's shit. not considered the the normal hot dog. All no, sausage is normally are... pork. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is the normal situation. You ever seen how the sausage is made, bro? Yeah, I've so, made a lot of sausage in my day. Oh Jesus! <laughs> On a hot mic. He, he was walking away from the mic at that point in time. How did you even catch that? <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, he used to like be wary and cautious of saying shit on a hot mic. Now he's like, oh, Jesus. He doesn't care. Lord, save us. Yeah. All right. So um, we're all still coughing. Just FYI. Let's, get, let's just get that out of the way now. You're going to hear a lot it's of that, that season. Shit. It's either that or not record episodes. That's, yeah, I mean, that's what's going to You either get RSV or you don't. All right. right. <laughs> that's what we're getting here. Um, interesting show. I think we're talking more about recession than anything else in this particular episode. We're going to start off talking about what we think will happen with the December 23 CPI report, which is due to come out shortly. We're going to jump into U.S. national debt just to kind of give you a litmus test of how fucked up things are. Got a lot of data there, too. Yeah, a lot of data is good data. Uh, and then we're going to jump into the Federal Reserve talking about a recession. We'll move into a soft landing for the U.S. economy is increasingly conceivable, but not inevitable, according to one of the Fed heads. Mm-hmm. You might know that as a softy. I mean... That's what you might. The can't go hard to the softy, bro. It can't. We've already established <laughs> We've this. We've established it. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about recessions, and then we'll say five of the best money-making resolutions for the middle class, according to experts. 
to the very end. And if According we to experts. That's what the title says. The title says. Don't be this fucking <laughs> hey, guy. Hey, hold on. Experts. Okay, we'll get into okay, it. Okay, when that article came out, I was like, fuck, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. What do you mean? It's a great article. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good article. Yeah. But experts, I mean, stretch. Mm. And then uh, if there is time, we'll cap it off with some Fed Minute suggestions about potential hikes and what that might mean for the timetable on potential rate cuts. Yep. Or we'll weave it in because, you know, we weave stuff. That, that's probably what we're going to be doing. But for our podcast listeners out there, whether it's on Apple or Spotify, please head over and leave us an honest five-star review. It does a lot for the show. We would really appreciate it. And if you're watching us over on YouTube, please make sure you hit that like button, subscribe, ring that notification bell, and do all the moist, goody good stuff. I feel like every time I tell you I hate like an expression or a word, you're just going to add it to that yeah. fucking sentence. It's part of the show now. It just is right. what it is. I hate the word sassafras. The what? The word sassafras. Okay, I've never heard of it. Yeah, okay, it's a word. Uh, yeah, okay. so what does it mean? So I want you to talk about the moist, goody, good sassafras. Do all the moist, goody, good sassafras. Yeah, there you go. Got it. Just next time. Got you. All right. Oh, there it is. Sassafras. Uh, <laughs> it's a tree. All well, right. Why do you hate it so much? It's a North American tree, huh? Why do you hate it so much? I don't know. It's a common old saying in America, the country you live in. You should probably know it. <laughs> It's a common saying? Yes, that's for us. No, it's not a common saying. I'm sorry, my friend. That's not an idiom. Oh, I forget how young you are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You still call people kiddo. I do. That's a very old of you. Because I am old, Saeed. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we've clarified the facts. Yes, I am old. Okay. Yes. You want to know how I know I'm old? Tell me. I realize that half of Gen Z is like 12 years old still. <laughs> like, that's their age now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, all the way to, the obviously, the working and homeowning uh, Gen Z portion, but yeah, that, that, that spectrum is like 12 to like 24. So the youngest homeowning generation is, uh, half of them will not be owning homes. Well, half of them can't buy a home because well, they're not I mean, a working they won't age. be because they won't be able to afford it. Okay. Let's not, let's at not the, shit on everybody in the beginning of the show. Let, let, let's, let's try to pace <laughs> at ourselves the rate, at the rate that things are going with our shitting on. Yeah. yeah let, let's not ruin. Yeah. Have you noticed that his energy level is again low tonight? Um, he has a sore throat. Oh, who does a non-disclosed sore throat? Who's, you well, son of a bitch! That's he not, like he had a fever last night. That better not be fucking true. <laughs> that's fucking true. I'm if I'm there, gonna. If there's fucking... one person you should never trust, dude, it's this guy. Rune? I'm not the liar of the three of us. Which one of us well, is, motherfucker? Yeah, Go which ahead. One of us yeah. is. Which one is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> God, I wish we were paying him so I could not pay him anymore. <laughs> right. According to Forbes, an article titled What to Look For from the December 2023 CPI Report. It's back, baby. I missed that. I'm not even mad. Yeah. Yeah. You pop your coochies. It's I been mean, a while. Cans, fuck. Uh, it has been a while. I did the can popping the last couple episodes. I did too. Yeah. That's right. You did it yours earlier this episode, but it wasn't very vocal. It's a Red Bull can. What can we do? Uh, you could probably switch to more American drinks like Monster. No? What? What are you You're doing? a trader, bro. We know it. I am. Yeah. Me. Yeah. The one not rocking a uh, Nike hat is the trader. What do you mean, not rocking a Nike hat? Come on, bro. What are you what's, wearing now? What's going on over in LA hat? What's going on over there in China, bro? That's a, tra that's a trader hat right there. This is not a trader hat. This is a domestically made Nike. <laughs> oh, of course it is. Yeah, because there's any of that shit lying around. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that was made domestic in Nike stopped production in 1984. 
The CPI report for December 2023 will be released at 8.30 a.m. Eastern on January 11th, 2024 by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Currently, Fed policymakers broadly expect to cut interest rates in 2024, but the timing and magnitude of any move is in part dependent on inflation's trajectory. I would also add on GDP's trajectory and in jobs and employment trajectory, amongst other data sources. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was actually going to weave in the Fed Minutes article into this, into this right here, because right there when it talked about depending on what happens with this report, um, their upcoming meetings right now, it's everyone's projected that they're going to be beginning their rate cutting cycle in March. Now this, uh, CPI report will come out two weeks before their next meeting. That's why, uh, a lot of people are waiting for this to come out. Yeah. And I think that, um, we're going to continue to hear rhetoric from the fed, uh, kind of pacing the optimism that we're seeing in the market. Everybody's essentially labeled a foregone conclusion that we're going to get multiple rate cuts this year. Uh, I think the lowest estimate is three. The highest estimate is now up to seven. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to see the Fed push back on that rhetoric and trying to just discourage a little bit of the over-optimism, obviously impacting the financial markets. <clears throat> right. Um, the, minutes, the minutes came out, and what it, what it said was, here's a quote from the minutes. It said, participants note that it was possible that the economy would evolve in a manner that would make further increases in the target range appropriate while also saying all participants see a lower rate by the end of 2024. So they are, the, the minutes acknowledge that there will definitely will be rate cuts at some point, but they wanted to see with what's what's going to happen, how the reports evolve, we'll let you know, you know where we go from here. Don't get too excited. Okay. That's like going on a date with a girl who's clearly interested in you. And she says, look, we're going to go there eventually. Yeah. But don't get too excited. <laughs> That's it. Right? That, that is what they said. If you have too many cocktails, you're going there tonight. You know? Right. If you say something stupid, you're not going there at all. Mm -hmm. So I would just say, hey, America, drink your cocktails, shut the fuck up, mm -hmm. be patient. Because <laughs> you're going to cock block yourself. Exactly. These markets get too hyper and too active. What's going to happen? The Fed's going to feel compelled that the numbers are going the wrong way. So the optimism they're trying to curtail is actually trying to keep the data going in the continuous direction that they want it to. Now, there is a question whether you'll get there or not with the things like housing and you know home price index and rent, rent equivalent, which impact uh, inflation. So we'll get more on that in a minute. According to the now cast data from the Cleveland Fed, inflation as measured by headline CPI is estimated to rise 0.3% month to month for December. A similar monthly increase of 0.33% is expected for core CPI, which removes, obviously, the changes in food and energy prices. If this forecast holds, it will represent an increase from October and November readings, but still maintain the broader picture of cooling inflation over recent months. Yeah, but so we got to remember, though, so even though it's an increase month to month, what the Fed likes to look at is those year over year figures. Yeah. Yeah. So the month-to-month -month number compared to one year ago, which we already know the data, so this is not speculation on my part, is a significant decrease. Yeah. So, And, and you're going to continue to see that, I think, for the next, call it 10 to 12 months, as long as inflation stays in and around this range. Even if it didn't move down at all, it's still year-over-year year will be less. Right. So nonetheless, 0.3% monthly inflation would still imply an annualized inflation rate of more than 4% compared to the Fed's 2% annual target. 
So while the Fed won't read too much into a single CPI report, such a relatively high December CPI reading may in incrementally delay the prospect of anticipated interest rate cuts in 2024, especially when the market sees March cut as likely. And that's what that March meeting is the one that I have circled on my calendar that I'm most worried about, right? Because mm. if everyone is anticipating and the expectation is out there that that's the one where they're going to begin cutting and begin some of the easing and they, in fact, don't do it, I feel like that's what's going to begin to shock some of the market. Arun, do me a favor real quick. If you can find it, um, look up March 2023 inflation number and see if you can find what CPI was uh at March 2020. Oh, look at you. Already got it. March 2023 inflation rate was 5%. So it'll still be down year over year. Mm -hmm. Wait, yeah. So December 2022, 6.5. January 23, 6.4. February 23, 6. March 23, 5. So. Mm -hmm. But that that's also the um, headline figure, mm -hmm. I believe. The, so the like it, like Chris just read, the Fed likes to look at Core. core inflation that yeah. strips out food and energy. But there's a statistical thing to think, think about and consider when you're talking about what inflation is going to do this year and okay. how the Fed's going to hit it, right? So if you recall, December to this period, you saw it continuing to drop from its high at 9.1 previously to that. You saw some pretty significant year-over-year declines as a result of inflation's drop during this period of time at an accelerated rate, presumptively because the Fed took this bell curve-like approach, right? They increased a lot in a short period of time, drove inflation down pretty aggressively. But if you know that inflation one year ago in March was about 5%, mm -hmm. and we're currently around, call it 4%, right? Yep. That isn't a huge year-over-year -year decrease. That's the deceleration we've always talked about on the show is that the year-over-year the -year decrease in inflation is slowing down because what it was a year ago is actually down. Now, as you start to move forward deeper into the year, it's going to be harder and harder to get a continued deceleration because the numbers from one year ago are also going to be lower because we've been on a downward trajectory. As a result of that, one of the things we've talked about at length on the show was that rent and rent equivalent have to come down because they're a major contributor to inflation. Mm -hmm. Rent equivalent, just to remind you, is if you took a, a purchase price of a home, broke it down into a traditional standardized mortgage, and amortized that and made it equivalent to rent, what that number would look like. So home values do have an impact on this number. We truly believe then, and I still believe now, and I don't know if you guys do, I'm pretty sure you do, that you don't get to that 2% target without home values coming down. Right. And... Given what we know and what we've seen so far, that portion of the report remaining higher and not coming down and correcting itself enough is uh, my reasoning to believe that the Fed is ultimately going to give up on their target rate of 2% and ultimately settle on 3 Now, whether they eventually come out and admit that, I don't know. So this is the thing that's curious to me because Greenspan set the limit at 2 to 3%. Yeah, why did they come out and say, we're going for two? Yeah, I don't, and they did say a number of times that they'd rather overcorrect than undercorrect. Overcook, undercook. Yeah, I see. You have to. It's, it's like, it's compulsory. It's you part have of the show. That. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You just, you got to do that. But, um, they, so they, they've drawn this kind of hard line in the sand at 2%. I don't feel like they needed to do. Mm-hmm. And if, if you feel like you're giving, like, the world guidance, like, oh, it's going to be 2%. We're going to get a 2%. We're going to rather overcorrect and undercorrect. 2% is a number we're going towards. 
Why? Maybe maybe because they they probably understood like, look, we're already at around that three point two percent range, and had we and had we gotten there as fast as we did, you know, um, the administration would probably be at their door saying. Hey, motherfucker, start to cut rates. We're at that 3% that you wanted to. Well, let's talk about the administration, shall we? You saw that segue? I felt it. Yeah. Deep in my loins. In your loins. My loins. U.S. national debt hits a record $34 trillion. This from Yahoo Finance. Were we just at $33 trillion? We were like yesterday. It felt like it. That's the problem when you jack rates up uh, at a pretty exponential number. Arun, uh, in post-production... Will be so kind as to put a chart right, chill, <laughs> chill, <laughs> and uh, it'll show you a pretty wild uptick when you look at debt and compounding interest. You know how people say to you, "Hey, you know, credit card debt is very dangerous because it compounds and it gets more and more and more and more, and it goes with this clip, and it can be very, very dangerous and it gets out of control." Mm-hmm. That's kind of what's going on with the U.S. national debt right now. It's going fucking vertical, yeah, like it's going straight up, yeah. That's a problem. I don't care whose chart this is. This could be your checking account. That's good for you. Right. This could be your, you know, your credit card balance. Bad for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Th- these are not, this is very black and white. There's, mm-hmm. there's no like interpreting this any other way. Yeah. Well, th- so I have something on that too after you get done uh, reading this. But um, the naysayers, they like to say that it's not as big of a deal as people make it out to be. Those called politicians? Those, those are naysayers? <laughs> uh, probably some lobbyists. Maybe they got paid off, right? But yeah. they routinely cite Japan, and uh, we'll get into it. Bro, Japan's political system is far smarter than ours. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there are... So when you're looking at the U.S. national debt like this, right, what you also need to analyze is the you know debt-to-GDP ratio. Okay, so can does the country you know create enough revenue... To be able to, you know, service this debt, right? And currently, we're hovering. If we haven't crossed already, the last time I checked, we were like at ninety-eight percent debt to GDP income ratio, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, okay, that's not good. Not I, for an economy of our size, that number should look more like seventy percent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but there are fifteen other countries that are operating at a much higher, you know, debt to GDP ratio than us. Japan being one of them. Okay, and like they're above actually 200 percent. And it's really people think that this debt ceiling that we self-inflict is all it's all just created, like just to make sure that the Congress doesn't overspend. They do. Which they always will. The money that was spent to Ukraine, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. You know how much good. Why didn't that go to Maui? Right. You know, Mm -hmm. why, why aren't we doing things? Why aren't we building fresh water coming from Alaska down to you know, the United States, like in, in the mainland of the United States? Like, why aren't we doing things like that? Right. You know, I, you could you could do so much good in this country with that money, rather than politically support an ally in a war. And, and I'm, whatever, it just it blows my mind. Let's get into the Yahoo Finance article. Right. Let's do it. Yeah. The federal government gross national debt has surpassed $34 trillion, a record high that foreshadows the coming political and economic challenges to improve America's balance sheet in the coming years and, of course, ahead of the November 5th, 2024 election. So expect this to be one of those points you hear somebody on a stage wearing a red or blue tie going on at nauseum about how they're going to fix it when they get in office because they're not corrupt. Mm-hmm. I swear. <laughs> The U.S. Treasury Department issued a report 
Tuesday, logging U.S. finances, which have become a source of tension in politically divided Washington that could possibly see parts of the government shut down without an annual budget in place. Okay, that's not going to happen. They raised the debt ceiling. It's been 80 times. Not, I mean, yada, yada, yada. It's going to happen again. It, not, nice scary words to get some clickbait, Yahoo Finance. Good for you. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is a problem that they're not going to be able to solve. This, this conversation is going to be had until it can no longer be had. You will never be able to solve this problem in a system where people spend millions of dollars to try to get jobs, pay, pay you a couple hundred thousand dollars, and somehow walk out with eight-figure fortunes. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, exactly. So there's just a fundamental problem in our political system. And honestly, most politicians aren't that smart. Well, you got to think of it too, right? So we've talked about it on the show before. The government makes all their money off tax revenue. Okay, and that number is around four trillion dollars. Okay, and they're spending about six trillion dollars a year. It does not help them that the Fed funds rate is higher, making their debt payments higher. And what also doesn't help them is that businesses and individuals are less profitable now, so they won't be making as much tax revenue in the coming year. So what are they going to have to do? They're going to have to borrow even more money. I bet you we get to thirty-five trillion a lot faster than we got to thirty-four trillion. Oh, yeah. It's it's an accelerating pace. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Republican lawmakers in the White House agreed last June to temporarily lift the nation's debt limit staving. I hate that word staving because I always want to say starving. Staving. Staving. <laughs> off you the put some stank on it. Stank on it. <laughs> of what would be a historic default. That agreement lasts until January of 2025, <laughs> which ironically is mere months after the election. Right. To put things into perspective for people, that chart right there that um, from this Yahoo Finance article, it, mm. it showcases in 1953, the national debt was $0.2 trillion. In 1983, it was $1.4 trillion. In 2013, it was $16.4 trillion. Now we're sitting at 34. That escalated very quickly. Yeah. And it's going to keep going up. Mm-hmm. I thought one thing that is uh, important to know, because I really wanted to, I did a deep dive on this because of that one review that we got, and they asked us to maybe break it down a little bit. So of this uh, $34 trillion in debt, $7 trillion of it is is intergovernmental debt, meaning they're borrowing from other programs within. It's like borrowing from one pocket and putting it into the other pocket, right? The remainder of it is all done, all held by the public. So it's roughly like other countries, 30% of that, is, is held by other countries. So, and that is the risk. We didn't even have this in here, but the whole BRICS article, what happened with BRICS? We're going to, we've been putting off talking about BRICS until it got more settled. And honestly, it's at a point now where I am fucking concerned. It's a real issue. You got a lot of the Middle Eastern countries now have joined BRICS. You got too many powers. They don't control enough of gross domestic product worldwide to be an absolute threat at this point in time. But they are growing. They it's are over, growing at a I think cadence. It's, I think it's over a third, though. Yeah, it's it's getting to a point where, okay, I'm. They have the ability to massively undermine the dollar now. There are too many very large countries and very financially stable countries that are now committed to this. I mean, you got India, I think. You got uh, Russia. You got China. Brazil. Brazil. Uh, I think Indonesia. Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates now included as well. Yeah. Egypt. Yep. I mean, we're at a point where. It's not going to take a couple more large countries to join this thing, and then it's it's uh, it's the United States against the rest of the world. Yeah, exactly. 
And, you know, a big reason for that is with right now, with the U.S. dollar being the world currency, is that gives the U.S. a lot of power. I thought it was Bitcoin. <laughs> Not, no, yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I mean, if it's up to Kramer, Kramer's go, Kramer fucked that whole thing up, right? I've seen so many people talking about Bitcoin ETFs lately. ETF, right. You know who I blame for that shit, right? Fucking Noriel Rubini. I was just going to say, that piece of shit. Broke my heart. All of our hearts. You break my heart, Noriel. By the way, who did we say you were dating now? Graham? Jeremy Graham, was it? Okay, first of all, dating is dating is a... You said you were dating. You were approaching first base. That's what you said. That doesn't mean dating. First base is making out. You can make out with anybody. I was never that guy, bro. Sorry. You were a second day closer then? No, I was not. <laughs> no first base, just no, straight home runs? No, no, none of that. Didn't you say that back in the day? Never that. Yo, Chris, I'm just a home run kind of guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like Babe Ruth out there yeah. just holding the bat up. <laughs> yeah. Y'all ready to catch these fly balls? <laughs> or these girls? I can't. I can't. <laughs> Ruth oh. got no laughter back there. You okay, man? I'm shedding a tear. You had sport references. Oh. He was, he was so proud of you. Fly balls? Yeah. Look at uh, you. It's actually more of a sexual reference, but <laughs> I'm glad you got something out of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. But yeah, man. Uh, there's It's a real threat there. I mean, I think it carries enough weight to have a deeper dive episode on it. Mm. All right. And I think we should do that. Um, probably, in a, I think we should do a full episode on it, to be honest. Yeah. And then there's probably enough there we can probably get into the girth of the matter. <laughs> Chris, I want to follow up with uh, what you just mentioned. Um, you were talking about Japan's politics is a lot stronger. Or you were saying something about Japan. and mm -hmm. um, Can you share some insight on that? Um, let's see, probably the best way I can point to it is uh, see if you can search and see uh, Japan's central bank interest rate increases. I believe their entire monetary policy was contrary to the rest of the world. Yeah, I, I looked at it before the show. Their uh, inflation rate right now is sub 3%. Yeah. So short-term policy interest rate in Japan, 2016 to 2023, the central bank policy rate in Japan remained at minus 0.1% yeah. in November of 2023. Here, here's the issue, too, with citing Japan as, you know, the counterpoint um, to this argument is, okay, their economy has, has grown very slowly. Yeah. They've never grown rapidly, right? Correct. So just because it hasn't come to a complete halt and crashed, does not mean that by carrying a debt-to-GDP uh, ratio of over 200%, if that wasn't there, we don't know if that economy would have escalated very quickly. So there's an argument to be made that you don't really know how well it would have functioned. I would also say that um, this is going to sound not racist, but it's going to sound like um, culturally biased. Japanese culture has a lot larger emphasis on honor and respect than the u.s political culture does okay i think a lot of the ethos that makes up some of the traditions in japanese culture and you have to understand like in japan it's still hard to be a non-citizen there and it's not really easy to become a citizen in japan so it is still very much a japanese centric culture when you're there right the united states unfortunately or fortunately depending on what your perspective may or may not be politically is really i mean it's since its inception has always been immigrants coming in yeah melting pot melting pot of different cultures and i liked i mean i'm my i my ethnicity is multiple ethnicities like you know i, I get that i appreciate it mm -hmm. but at the same time you're mixing so many different cultures so many different perspectives 
And because of that, you kind of water down some of the things that may have identified as United States or America at one point in time. Mm -hmm. Japan has always been very high on integrity and respect and honor. And to them, I think politically, some of that stuff really matters. They have some corruption there for sure. But I think because of that, you don't have the same degree of political manipulation that you do in the United States. Yes. I, I think it's, it's absolutely egregious here. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, maybe, I, maybe I'm just misinformed. But th- that's just been my kind of observations. Right. I read a lot on, on the Japanese economy because I've always liked Japan. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I see very, very few instances of things like the Nancy Pelosi's of the world. Right. The other, the other thing that I wanted to make sure we, I, we touch on before we move on from this article is that the, the U.S. debt ceiling, right, the current debt that we're dealing with, they don't manage their debt like household debt, right? It doesn't work the same way. They're able to borrow from their own future, right? That's, yeah. what, that's what treasury bills are, that, and that's where all that public debt comes from. Mm-hmm. That comes, a, a lot of good comes from that too, right? Because they use that debt to build out infrastructure, right? Yeah, that's true. There's a big reason why our economy is the way that it is because of that, right? It's also a way for them to not have to raise taxes on everyone to fund wars, right? They use it for things like that. So there's, there's an argument to be made that if handled correctly, which obviously I, I'm not co-signing any of this. because it's, like you are. It's gotten way out of hand. No, because we're putting people in charge of managing our debt levels that clearly have shown they don't know how to manage debt levels. I would say most politicians who make the rules for these things do not have a financial background significant enough to be making the decisions that they're making. Right. And I would also say that if the bond market were managed correctly and the treasury markets were managed correctly, you wouldn't need income tax at all. It's because we have inefficient management in place and excess spending that these systems, which otherwise in and of themselves are strong and support what we do as a country, are not enough. Yeah. So just food for thought. JP from the hood. That's your segue? That's my segue. I was looking at you for a segue. That's the best <laughs> that, you can that, give me? You, I don't know, but you didn't leave me with much. That's your thing. <laughs> you didn't leave me with much. I gave you the whole thing. What are you talking about? What whole thing? I looked at you afterward. I queued you up. Like uh, All you got to do is ju- drop the Uchi Wally Wally, and I'll give you the bang bang. And here's the bang bang. This from Business Insider. No, you did not the, just steal my read, you federal, son of a bitch. The Federal Reserve no. is done talking no. about the recession. Federal Reserve officials seem to have stopped talking about recession as the threat has faded. I know this is your, your first time doing this. You had to read the screen right there. Yeah, yeah. but... <laughs> With the quote. But, no, but I was leaving that for you still because you did all the work over Okay, there. if you're going to go off fucking course, then give me some direction. Give me some... But listen, that's also not true, man. Come on, hold on. Whoa. Seem to have, Fed officials have stopped talking about the recession as the threat has faded. It definitely okay. has not faded. Seem. Seem. The word seem. Yeah, that... Is, there should be a big-ass asterisk on that. Okay. It seems to me mm-hmm. that Arun likes me more than you. <laughs> that ain't true, bro. But seems, it seems seems, seems to me that it is. <laughs> so we're, you're telling me that we should not we should not trust Business Insider. It seems to me that you should consider laser hair removal on your forearms. Why? I like them. I like my hair, bro. I swear it really doesn't bother it just me. Seems Leave to it on me. the forearm, just the wrists and down. Yeah. The wrist and that would be weird, man. That's like you getting a body tan but not doing your face. That's weird. You got to do the whole thing. We covered this. You did it, though. In a long episode. You did it. 
I did. In so the photos for the same reason why up. I won't I won't do that. I will say the only part of my body that about, I hate I hate it on the knuckles. It's, Hairy knuckles. It's a bit much. Yeah. And then like why these and then not these? You know, it's like this. Like, is, do you ever stick your hand in your kid's sock drawer and all the socks come stuck to it like Velcro? <laughs> that's <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> that's that's the bar. You get the question too. <laughs> you got the question too. I mean, you have very hairy knuckles. <laughs> I do have very it's, hairy it's, knuckles. It's an accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, you could probably braid that. <laughs> stick, no, stick. not. Does your ring ever pull your hair out? No, man. That's a lie. I never take it off. That doesn't. Oh, got him. Huh? <laughs> got. What are you doing so taking I, your ring I, off I, for? I don't take my ring off either. Okay. But you know, my wife's been taking hers off. Okay. Because she got the diamond all the way around one. Well, you can't sleep bullshit. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she can't sleep with that. So I'm always like, hey, babe, your ring's in the in the the, the bathroom. Yeah. She's like, yeah. I'm like, you gonna put the other one on? <laughs> Silicone one? Yeah. She's like, no, I just want my finger to air out. I'm like, I don't. No. <laughs> you know, girls be stacking rings too. So are you kidding me? My wife's got three. Because uh, it's a, it's every milestone, right? So milestone. Every- We've been married for like six months. <laughs> that's not true <laughs> that's not true but they have, as you, so the next one you get a stack you should buy one of these like fitness ones <laughs> just, the, just the, the aura ring <laughs> look baby you look chunky <laughs> here <laughs> that's not what I said you see that going down I'm, I'm trying to help you save some money yeah stop you can't do that yeah that is not that nope. is not a milestone ring you can buy sorry she has a she does have a, a Cartier one as one of her milestone ones though okay yeah Uh See, Did you buy that with the black card? There it is. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. He was waiting. Come he on, was man. waiting. I was, like, I was like, really? Let me get this straight. When it's you, too easy. The last segue you didn't fucking get, but that one you just took for the picking? <laughs> it was right there. It seems to me you're a dick. <laughs> the Federal Reserve is done talking about recession notes from its recent meeting show. The word recession doesn't appear even once in the minutes from the central bank's last three meetings which took place between September and December. In contrast, the term pops up more than a dozen times in reference to an upcoming economic downturn in the minutes from the preceding seven meetings dating back to November of 2022. That's not an accident. This is bullshit, man. That didn't just not happen. The whole lot. You know know your boy JP walked in and said, all right, bitches, listen up. Neil, shut the fuck up. I'm talking. Here's what we're going to do, okay? You're not allowed to say the word recession without getting a fresh fucking slap. You see this bottle of talcum powder? You say the word recession, I'm powdering up. Right. And you're going to get slapped. And, th- and then they told him to start recording. All right. Now go ahead and record these minutes, motherfucker. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. Because <laughs> you know what else was said in those minutes? Uh-huh. What They went out of their way to also say, if they do see a, sh- a spike in unemployment numbers... That they will go from a gradual easing to a sharp, quick amount of easing. They'll start slashing rates. Yeah. So it's like, okay, y'all didn't say recession, but if there's a spike in unemployment, what is that? Mm. So, yeah, it's very strategic of them to not use that word. I'm telling you. I hate is, these motherfuckers, man. I mean, it's so, it's so manipulative, too, because you know, like, somebody in that room, you know, had a bad night. Yeah. Somebody in that room was like, God damn it, I just want to have sex with my wife. She said no. You know, somebody had Bro, a bad bad time. And this is coming out now? This is coming out now? It's like, look, they didn't say recession on the last two. You know what happened, right? Mm. JP told Neil, is like, hey, man, none of these fucking reporters have talked about how we didn't say recession in the last two meetings. After this meeting, I need you to go fucking spread that word to somebody. Hey, I'm going to be real for a minute since 
you know. Circle of trust? No, fuck the trust. I got to trust with you guys. It seems to me like you're not trustworthy. Damn, bro. That seems. That's hurtful, man. It seems. Doesn't mean it's true. We established this. Thought we were friends. No. Stop. Um, I haven't heard a lot from Neil. He's been, he's waiting. He's waiting to drop the hammer. Did we ruin him? <laughs> we, yeah. He's not sending us a bottle. I feel, I feel like it wasn't us. I feel like people are like, all right, he looks like Jada Pinkett Smith. I don't want to hear him talk. <laughs> it's the alopecia. I don't need any more red table talk. Okay. That's Neil? what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. We put him against the alopecia and they're like, oh, that's it. We, they can't have any more of them. I would fully support a a movement in the United States in which we brought Will Smith back. I would fully support that. A lot would have to happen, man. I know, I know, but I would support bring Will Smith back. But that would also mean that Jada couldn't be there. Has he even responded to the recent allegations? What recent allegations? What? You don't know? <laughs> we talked about it. Shut up. What recent <laughs> allegations? <laughs> I don't even know the actor. It was his assistant, right? Someone said that they walked in on him and him and his assistant. Doing what? Was assistant having, male or female? His assistant, male, having intercourse. His assistant does not mean that the assistant was a male. Just no. Him and his assistant. Him. Sorry. I don't know how I said it, but I referenced that it was a guy. His assistant is a male. So. And they walked into a dressing room. Who is they? Who, who walked in? Somebody walked in. Somebody walked in on Will Smith and his assistant. This is the uh, this is the allegation, bro. I'm not saying it happened. It seems to me like you are. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, has he even addressed it? Because that went viral. Why is it? Why would you uh, even you, address you it? didn't know that? Let me be. Let me ask you. I'm asking you a question. Look, Did yeah. you not know that? I mean, I may have heard something to that effect, but I try to elevate my mindset. You always want to talk about mindset in the show, so let's talk about mindset for a second, okay? I try to refrain from going deep into this type of material because I don't feel like it's valuable. Will Smith's former assistant claims he had a sexual relationship with another male actor. Okay, so his assistant walked in on him. That's what it was. Having sex which with him. Which is, yeah. Jeez. Let me ask you a question. It's an allegation. Let me ask you We're a question. We're not let saying it's true. Question. Look, let's, look, let's, let's ask questions. Let's be fair here, okay? Let's be democratic. Okay. Maybe I should ask pop culture. Arun, does it matter to you? And I just want you to be honest, okay? And I don't care how abrasive you have to be. Okay, this this is your time to shine. Okay. Uh oh. Oh God. So. Uh oh. If Will Smith said, "Yeah, I like having sex with men. I like having sex with females," do you care as long as Jada Pinkett Smith is out of the picture? Nope. See? Me too. No, me too. And I, I wouldn't care. God honest truth, I wouldn't care. Here's the problem with that though. That would be admitting to the um open relationship that they have said that they never had. Which no, no, mean, they've, they've said that they've been divorced, basically separated for six yeah, years. Yeah, but they're saying but these allegations have, are stemming back years. So what? Right. So you're basically saying that those years where you're you were acting like you guys were together. You guys actually did have, and you would basically. You know get, how many relationships in Hollywood are a front? I know. Like other things? I know, but he. They have be, kids, so you know. He would be admitting to lying essentially, before okay, that about I think, his personal life to the media. Who cares? I wouldn't care, but I'm saying to get the masses to now see, like, oh, we can trust you again. Okay, how big is your penis? The biggest. 
Okay, you just lied to me. That's not true. That's that's it's a lie. The, it's the biggest to me because it's the only lie. one that I've seen. That's that's not true either. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true either. <laughs> what you what you need to tell yourself and the people around you to make yourself feel good, that's entirely fine. Yeah. If you think that tiny little thing is the biggest, that's okay for me. Okay? <laughs> I'm okay with that. As long as you are happy, I'm good with that. Right. All I'm saying is he doesn't owe us an explanation for what he's doing and why he's doing it. He does not. Right. What he does is he owes me the opportunity to live my life without hearing Jada Pinkett Smith fucking talk about shit anymore. I don't want to oh, hear her talk. I know, man. Like, just give me that, Will. I don't care what you do in your personal private life. I'm fine. Just shut her up. Please. Please. I can't take it no more. Mm. So sad. How do we get from the Fed to that? We did it. Somehow we're able to. It's just so strange. That's what you get. Did I even finish that quote? I don't think I did. No. Nope. I don't know if you did. Arun, go back up. No, no, you got the last part. I did not. So. Yeah, the Fed's uh, staff economists flagged the potential for a recession within the next year at both the November and the December meetings in 2022. The minutes show in March 2023, they projected a mild recession starting later this year. Yeah, well, they can't come out and say that we we project a hard landing given what we're doing right now. They can't, they can't ever admit to that either, though. Right? So it's like. You're asking somebody to give themselves a self-assessment review in advance of what the work that hasn't even been done yet. I can do it. I know my shit's going to be great. <laughs> Y'all fucking welcome. I'm saying, saying that we're projecting a mild recession is like, I'm going to say that I over-promised <laughs> over <laughs> over and underperformed. My bad, y'all. See, I'm the kind of asshole where if I was Jerome Powell, I'd be calling everybody whose stock market value is up. Yeah. Hey, I, uh, Tim. Uh, Tim Cook? <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh, this is JP you know, from the hood. And uh, I just I'm just calling to say you're welcome, man. No, you know who's got you know who needs a who owes him a call mm. is Jamie. Jamie Diamond? Yeah. He's like, you, that first republic, you're welcome, yeah. dog. <laughs> you know how we strategically took I mean shit. You know how we they went down? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. So um I'm gonna need a spot on that board when this is all said and done. What's gonna happen here is, is uh we're gonna get out of this time in the economy. And eventually, I'm going to need another job. And when that happens, I expect there to be two commas in my salary, Jamie, wherever I happen to land. Exactly. I think know. You, can, you think you can work that out? You can, can you make a phone call? Yeah. Can I, can I put you on my resume? <laughs> when I send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From Yahoo Finance, a soft landing is increasingly conceivable, but in no way inevitable. From Thomas Barkin, the Richmond Fed president. Mm. And I'm going to read that quote again because it is deceptively negative. A soft landing is increasingly conceivable. It's increasingly something that we can think may happen. <laughs> but is in no way inevitable. Right. Meaning that there is no guarantee that that is the absolutely guaranteed thing that is going to happen. Right, man. It's like it's like you going to a restaurant and saying that I'd like to order a piece of uh, a ribeye, please. And I can say that it's probably, we can talk about it being good for you, but I can't guarantee that it's going to be good for you. I had a ribeye last night. It's fucking amazing. Houston's. Hawaiian. Damn. I had two this week. Two. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks stopped, for the invite. Yeah, you stopped taking me there. I took my mom, asshole. That's okay. I'd love to meet. You spend more time with me than your mom? Come on, bro. I deserve some some love. It's true. You know, I'll take you boys to, to, to Houston's. I'll, I'll take you both to a higher standard dinner. Get your wife's permission to get out of the house uh, on the third day of the week. Let me know how it goes for you. Done. Boom. Done. That's, that's not gonna happen. Done. That's not. Don't 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 do that. Easy. Don't lie to the audience. Next week. I thought we built this show 
on honesty and, and being it, genuine and integrity. What the fuck it is that? Seemed like it, that. <laughs> <laughs> man's good see that's why he should be in your seat he should be see, he's paying attention You're I've been asking him lackluster hey, lollygagging sassafras <laughs> sassafras <laughs> listeners out there if you want an episode with Arun in the hot seat next to Chris leave us a comment down below on the YouTube in channel the hot seat I'll just put him right there in the other chair no I want him right here next to you and me back there behind the ones and twos you wouldn't know the first fucking thing to do back that's there that's fine it's not good. I'm not going to have to deal with it afterwards. He's going to have to deal with it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. Villain move right there. I'm a villain. Yeah, it's true. All right, Richmond Fed President Tom Barkin once again urged caution about the direction of interest rates in the new speech on Wednesday, reiterating that he the potential for hikes is still on the table if inflation heats back up. This is called a walk back. The Fed's going, fuck, everybody's so positive. Yeah. Let's uh let's walk it back a little bit. Yeah, he's might might be moonwalking. Let's see, uh, let's see what happens here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He outlined a number of risks that could disrupt this that, that soft landing, a term that refers to a scenario where inflation drops and the US economy slows without triggering a recession. Uh just just to just to be clear here, if you guys have been using the fucking expression soft landing, this do you really need to explain it now? Right. Odun, can you do me one favor real quick? Could you please Google the Atlanta Fed GDP now? Why are you looking up retiring to Portugal? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I wasn't. I was looking up debt to GDP ratio by uh, countries. Sure you yeah, were, Portugal, this, uh... Portugal is one of the... Oh, this is your computer, Chris. It's not. That's the studio computer. <laughs> intermittent fasting. And, and you look at the retirement <laughs> Portugal and intermittent fasting. This computer knows you well. <laughs> is it, we're having trouble here? What's going on? I stopped. What was it? Atlanta Fed GDP now. Because what that Fed official just went and said, the second one? Okay. That was the first one. That's fine. Yeah, either one. Oh, maybe it was the first one. Sorry. What are you looking for? The GDP now figure, right? Right there. Two and a half percent. I just saw it. Right there. Currently, the estimate. If you remember correctly, GDP for uh, Q3 or Q4, was it? That it revised it up. Yeah. From 4.9% to 5.2. Dropping from 5.2% to that figure seems like a slowdown to me. Right, and then what's going to happen for Q1? It's going to be another slowdown. So, I think they're going to have to really start talking, uh, you know, and stop talking in circles about the actual data. Quoting again from the same article, ironically on the heels of Saeed's unintentional segue, that's why the potential for additional rate hikes remains on the table. Added Barkin, who this year is a voting member of the Fed's interest rate setting committee. I think that's what's going on. So. These Fed officials are swapping in and out as voting members, and Neil's like, "Man, I, I got to play my cards right. I got to. He's got to be a voting member next year. He's just gonna shut up and do nothing." Yeah, this way he's like, "I can't be out there too much." So as soon as these guys are out and he steps in, he's voted in. He's like, "I know you motherfuckers are wrong." Uh, yeah, I should have been in there the whole time. Fucking barking. Yeah, <laughs> fuck he was talking about Richmond. It's over there in Richmond. Good job, Tom. Way to fuck the economy up. Don't worry, Alopecia's here to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> Go poor, poor alopecia man people they're like what what they got against us <laughs> nothing i mean just as long as you're not neil i feel like you would like you right because you make fun of me so much i like eyebrows having eyebrows is a value add to me it is a value it's one add. of my it's one of my most charming characteristics 
you found the group that we could attack and not get canceled. So you're like, let's let's get it. <laughs> oh, come on, don't give me an alopecia headshot. Yeah, Neil is. Uh, Neil looks like a, you know what it looks like. His his five o'clock shadow looks like he rocks a soul patch on the weekends. Yeah, I think he just has one of those though. But let's be honest, he's got a great rounded head. Dude, he's a he he make a great villain. He would be. He's a villain. No, like on the movie, he is a villain. Yeah, in real life. Yeah, I could see him playing Magneto. <laughs> I could see him playing Jerome Powell. I got nothing from that, Odin. He's laughing back there. He just didn't turn the mic on. Yeah, he left the mic on when he's like, Jesus Christ, but now he turns it off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want people to hear me actually entertained by these two fucking idiots. <laughs> right. Well, recession deniers, we're talking to you now. Okay. Mm -hmm. This from Business Insider. Recession deniers are making the same mistake as during the dot-com and housing bubbles, top economist David Rosenberg says. Mm. David Rosenberg, as all economists, looks very much like a nerd. <laughs> and, uh, well, I'm going to say that he's got some very valid points for a nerdy guy. Yeah? I thought this article would be valuable because it gives you a historical perspective of some of the things that have happened leading up into prior recessionary economies. And you've heard us say in the show that you've heard you had market rallies in 2001, 2007, and in 2020 before last three recessions. Yeah. We talked about the inverted yield curve. We talked about so many different things that we feel like are red flags. Well, this completely independent of us article, unless Mr. Rosenberg listens to the higher standard, in which case he's not a nerd. He's a very cool, smart, attractive good person. Mm-hmm who probably is on testosterone replacement therapy from our lead sponsor, Transcend Company. You can go to transcendcompany.com slash THSP. That's transcendcompany.com slash THSP and uh, link up with someone who help you get on peptides like I'm on. So yeah. for the record, uh, Syed, how tall are you? 5'8". I'm 6'5". You can tell. Come on. You can go to transcendcompanies.com <laughs> and you can get taller too. <laughs> That's a joke. If you didn't catch that joke, don't come after us. I'm taller. You're, you're shorter. You're not on, you know, products. I am. I'm. Have you started your matzo? These are just facts. It seems to me this is true. Cause it, oh, man. This is, correlation sure. does not equal causation, people. If you listen to the show, you know that. Yeah. Uh, we just lost our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> or they just got a boost in sales. Yeah. <laughs> Chris just called me and said, you guys can make me taller. <laughs> they find this shit funny, too. So if you like people that can appreciate humor, go over there. Make sure you contact one of their consultants. They're really knowledgeable. You'll uh, you'll like your interaction with them. Look at you trying to be serious. That's cute. Yeah. All right. The many experts declaring a recession won't materialize are repeating the mistake they made during the dot-com and housing bubbles, according to David Rosenberg, noted to be a fan of the Higher Standard Podcast. Who knew? He pointed to a classic recession indicator, the yield curve. What? Wow. The one that's flashing red? The one that we've talked about over and over and over and over again mm -hmm. for all 10 of the last Fed meeting, meetings? Maybe more than that, yeah. Just saying. The difference between the two-year and the 10-year treasury yields, it's been inverted for 13 long, sexy months, the longest period since 1979 to 1980. When a very attractive mixed race baby named Chris was born. And by as many as 157 basis points, the most extreme inversion since 1981. Yeah. 
That's a problem, kids. That's a problem. Quoting Mr. Rosenberg, why would anyone bet against a metric that has gone eight for eight? Rosenberg queried, referring to the yield curve's flawless history of heralding in a recession. Okay. If anything has a flawless history of heralding anything in, yeah. I would say those are good odds. Yeah. If I have a flawless history of heralding in my way into Saeed's life, mm -hmm. you know I'm going to be in Saeed's life. Yeah. Deep in it. You persistent fucker. I'm a persistent fucker. Yeah. And that's just what happens every single time. Mm -hmm. You can't deny me, Saeed. I'm I, in you. I, I, can't re I can't recall. I, I, I want to say that you know, a recession typically happens somewhere around the 18-month mark. For a normalized economy, a not nor following 14 years of artificial interest rate deflation. Right. So, and the reason why it makes it very difficult for... Um, and it's 12 uh, to 18 months, by the way. Is it 12 to 18 months? Yeah. yeah. So, that was the range. So, we're clearly within that range now, right? And in order for a recession to be declared, we need two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth that's declared by the National Bureau of Economic Research, um, which also will want to factor in uh, gross domestic income because that's how they got out of it last time. Those motherfuckers haven't said a word in years. Quiet. What is their job? <laughs> yeah, they're just waiting on the sidelines. <laughs> how do you, I mean, Jesus. But the reason why it's so hard to escape a recession when something like this is happening, coupled with the, a time where the Fed is raising interest rates to where they have now, is because you can't turn off the faucet fast enough. Right, because it's already done. The lag effects are have been building and building and building. Look at the economic position that corporations are in across this nation and what they're going to have to deal with with the upcoming debt that they're going to have to take on, or the commercial real estate bubble that is going to burst here soon. Values already down something like forty percent, and then you look at consumer household debt reaching all time highs. You can It's already these effects are now have all been adding on to each other. You can't just reverse course and ease rates and think everything's going to be okay. Realtors think that. No way. I had one of them come at me today on uh, threads, trolling me hard. Bro, you said that the, the Fed funds rate cuts don't impact rates, but they do. Mortgage rates will come down. I'm like, don't confuse causation with correlation. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. And then he got all salty with me, and I'm like, hey, uh, how many uh, economics courses were you required to, uh, to take for your real estate license? <laughs> Why you got to do that? He's like, why are you just disrespecting my career? I'm like, I'm not. I'm a broker too. Yeah. My family's got like several brokers in it. My sister, my brother, my father. Yeah. I'm just asking a question, bro. If you're sensitive to it, you know. Right. And then I blocked him before I could answer because I'm a dick. Yeah. There, there was some um, economist. I don't remember who it was. It was on CNBC. Uh, they, they projected that the tenure is actually going to rise to five and a half by uh, Q2, Q3 this year. That's earlier than I would predict, but along the same numbers that I think are probable if things continue in the direction that they're going. And, and remember, if that happens, now mortgage rates don't typically, they're not tied to the 10-year, but they tend to follow it. Mm -hmm. So if it does, in fact, go up to 5.5, you can expect rates somewhere between 7.5 and 8.5%. They compete for the same investment dollars in the secondary market, so those two in particular have a bit of a symbiotic relationship. You can also expect to see that the Fed's activity, not the Fed funds rate cuts, but the buying and selling of bonds in and out of their own portfolio really impact the market a lot more from an interest rate perspective than the Fed funds rate cuts do. Okay, yeah. And so, and then that's also a big uh, reason why we were talking about 
earlier in the show that you know uh, foreign countries hold about 30 percent mm-hmm. of the u.s uh national debt can you imagine what those countries in BRICS could do if they wanted to offload that's that my, debt and that's my point exactly right if they want is it if, like it was mine if they if they if they started to feel like the you know the u.s can't are, are close to defaulting on, on their first debt ever mm. right they'll be like okay let's just sell this off and fuck them in the process and we got our own thing go- now going over here Oof, heavy f man really yeah I thought that's right up your alley. You're I not... say it very jovial. You said it very heavy. You, s- you say what? I say the word fuck very jovial. You say fuck. Like, fuck. You don't say it. You don't say You're it. like fuck. <laughs> it's a deep of, fuck. Some of us have bigger penises, man. That's what. That's how it comes out. It seems to me that that, that is true. As <laughs> long as that is your truth. <laughs> that's my that truth. That is your North Star. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. You can. You can. I said it with my chest, man. You did say it with your chest. Yeah. <laughs> All right, David Rosenberg continues. He noted that the depth and duration <laughs> of the curve's inversion is correlated to the length and severity. On, this, this was written for us. He knew what he was doing. He listens to the show. <laughs> when I wrote this down, I'm like, how can I get Saeed talking about dicks before this? I'm going to say this for the end of the show. <laughs> I, I gotta get enough dick jokes into the show to where we'll be talking about dicks when I say this sentence. Like, that's, that's what my mind's at whenever I do show prep. Show prep? And, and you're planning out, you're road mapping the, the way the show's gonna yeah. play out? He, gotta he, used, to, he used ChatGPT for this. He's like, yeah, he, summarize I, this article with yeah. dick jokes. He noted the depth and duration of the curves inversion is correlated to the length and severity of the recession that follows. Mm. This is a very powerful signal and with a much more compelling track record than the equity market. Mm. David Rosenberg, everybody. Yeah. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Now, you would dig on to say that the stock market typically plummets about 30% during a recession, even though we know that uh, 20% is typically required. But he, what he's saying is you could probably expect 30% if it does, in fact, happen. I literally teared up. That was good. <laughs> you got you got to go one out. I enjoyed that thoroughly. Should we? I, I really want to do a deep dive on this, man. I I really want to save this. Oh, we we might we tease it. You might as well get into it. Might as well. You really want to get into it? Five best money resolutions for the middle class, according to some of the best experts. I mean, I've never seen anybody more talented personally. This from Yahoo Finance. Actually, it's from Go Banking Rates, but it was Go syndicated. Go Banking on. Rates, but it was syndicated onto Yahoo Finance. That's right. About half of the country is considered, quote, middle class, end quote, defined as those whose earnings put them in the 40th to 60th percentile of household income, or roughly $55,000 to $89,744 per year. Scroll down, Odun, so that we can make sure we cite this wonderful expert um, on here. Uh, let's see, right there. Uh, to improve their financial position, the middle class will need to take stock market exposure more seriously, said Christopher Nahibi, executive vice president and chief operating officer at First Foundation Bank. Damn, bro, you couldn't tell them you're a host of a podcast? Yeah, man. What Plug. the hell? What are you doing? Plug the show. Oops. <laughs> it's I, not- gotta, I gotta be honest. That sounds a little bit more credible than the podcast. And I can't be like... Weaving in dick jokes to quotes. I don't know, man. I mean, that does sound really good. I'm not saying it doesn't sound good, but I think if it also said also host of a top one percent podcast would be very, very good. Then you would like 
how I actually originally quoted this. So the next paragraph says how he highly recommends dollar cost averaging like his poor friend Saeed. Are you um, speaking in third person? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> no, I'm quoting myself. How arrogant are you, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading a quote I, from I, me about I, me. I don't see that. To you about I, you. I don't see that. Yeah, That's not what it says. <laughs> So he also said it's important to take full advantage of any 401k employer match available. This is something that I feel like is common knowledge to some of us who are in this space. But for those that aren't or haven't had conversations like this, this is something that you need to take advantage of. It's free money just sitting there waiting for you to take. Yeah. Right. And I know that some companies, if you're starting out, I believe they have like a a four-year vesting cycle, right? Typically on average. So as as time goes on, you get more and more that gets vested. And then after the fourth year, it's always vested, right? I'll make it real simple. If your employer offers a 401k, find out <laughs> what the maximum percentage they will match is, whether that's 50% or 100% match, and then you invest whatever that whatever that maximum is. So some employers, it's like 5% or 6% per year. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, make sure you invest that because you're getting free money if you do that, and mm-hmm. it's good for your retirement. Yeah, and when he's saying that it's 5% of your check, Right. Yeah. Yeah. Percent so, of your gross income. Yeah, of your gross income. Exactly. Um. So some serious things that that's what Chris said in the article as an expert. He wanted to make sure that people took uh, investing very seriously. The next thing that he wanted to make sure that you do is eliminate high interest debt. Was that in this article too? It's right there. Eliminate high interest debt. Was oh. that is that not you on this? I, I did talk about it. I just don't think I was quoted in that portion. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, the, of of the five reasons, this is re, uh you know. Reason number two, eliminate high interest debt. This is something that's tackling households across the nation. We know that credit card debt across households across the nation is really hurting them. And if you haven't built a safety net savings account, I I know the desire to want to do that so you feel good about seeing something in your savings account, but you really, really need to tackle the high interest debt because it's going to cripple you way before not having that. Diversify your income was also my second recommendation. You can only scrimp and save so much another way to improve your financial standing is to increase income which theoretically has no limit i have always been a big fan of making money between 5 p.m to 9 a.m he said or uh 11 p.m because it's 1104 right now yeah well for example you can start a small business doing something you're passionate about Mm, financial literacy maybe yeah Yeah, there you go Mm -hmm. uh or if you don't want to invest too much extra time and energy beyond your day job, consider freelancing or doing contract work for a few extra hours per month. You can then put that extra cash towards your goals, such as building an emergency fund, paying off debt, or investing. Yeah. God damn, he does sound like an expert. I mean, there's, yeah, I mean that is definitely something that um, you, I know we've talked about it before, and you actually, it's, it's one of the other things going on. That's considering getting a real estate license oh, yeah. kind of plays right into that last one, whereas, like, you know, Maybe pick up a new skill. You know, I didn't really read the rest of the article. I didn't realize I was quoted in the rest of this, too. <laughs> I just saw the first paragraph. That's all I saw. Go banking rates is done with you, bro. <laughs> My bad, Casey. Uh, and he said he's always been a proponent of getting your real estate license. If you buy a home, you can use your portion of the commission toward your down payment, he explained. That's like getting a discount off the top of the purchase price and certainly a tool that can help you if your friends or family want to buy a or sell a home. Plus, he added real estate appraisal, real estate finance, and real estate principles are all required courses in most states. Not bad information to be well acquainted with either, he said. Mm-hmm. Shit. I mean, it's definitely something that we've talked about on the show before, too. If you, um, Especially if you don't know anyone that is a real estate agent. I mean, that's commission that you're leaving on the table. 
for yourself, right? And lastly, to invest in yourself. As baby boomers retire in mass in the upcoming decade, there will be a lot of opportunities for Gen X and millennials to take those higher level jobs. Look, at the end of the day, if um, one risk you have as an employee where if you just stick at your job and you get the you know routine pay raise year over year and the occasional promotion, right? The risk that you run is eventually going up against a younger generation, a newer employee that's willing to work harder, work longer hours, um, you know, work for less to be able to learn and they can take your job away from you. That's why you should invest in yourself. Start something for yourself on the side. And by doing that, look, like we talked about like me coming on this show, right? And starting this off and helping you out and, and it turned into a whole thing. Next thing I, next thing, you know, I'm learning how to edit again, right? I'm fine tuning that skill. You're going to have to focus on getting better and investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Arun, any final words of wisdom to take us out? No. I mean, Saeed hit it on, hit the nail on the head with the investing in yourself. Saeed did hit it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he hit that nail on the head. Hard. Hard. Saeed be hitting it on this podcast. Right in the head. Mm-hmm. One day our assistant's going to walk in on me with you guys. I just want you to know if that happens. Yeah. I'm okay with it as long as Jada Pinkett Smith isn't there. Are <laughs> uh, you going to read that review? We got a review? No, we don't. God damn it, <laughs> listeners. Again. Well, I guess if you don't give us a review, Arun, go ahead and come here with your shirt off real quick. <laughs> if that's what it takes. No, listen. Also, I'm being serious. Leave a comment down below if you want Arun in the hot seat. How many comments do we need? We need one. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. Just one non-family member. It's going to be so fun. I think you're going to enjoy it, man. You do really well. Oh, I couldn't wait to grill you. And you don't have tonight. to. I'll, I won't be out there. We'll all be in here. Yeah, we'll all be in here. I'll grill the shit out of you. Why? Oh, come on, man. That's just, right, so will be like SATs. I'm going to have to like study for everything. You have to prep. Every no, you article. won't, no, I'm going to test won't. him on every episode he's ever heard. <laughs> You should know this. We've talked about it 15 times. In episode so, 156, we said a lot about the recession. Fuck that. Haroon, what did we talk about last episode? Oh, God. Um, I edited what? the show, too. Name two episodes you've actually watched. Go. Watched, yeah. Yeah, that's not one. Yeah. All right. Got anything? Yeah. Tell me. Bye. Good night, everybody. <laughs>